electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, live from separate locations. Dow futures up 600 as the bulls zero in on several headlines. Moderna, of course, with positive phase one data on its vaccine. Powell's 60 Minutes interview being framed as upbeat. The Saudis put money to work in U.S. stocks. And auto production resumes in Detroit. Oil at 32 as June expires tomorrow, Jim. But you think this is uh, largely about Moderna this morning? Yes. I mean, look, there's no doubt about it. As Becky said, things are better after than before. And I know that the skeptics are going to say it's eight for eight. Skeptics are going to say you really can't ramp up this RNA. Uh, Moderna's been saying to us that it's been, they can do 800 million to, uh, well, let's say 600, 900 uh, million vaccines. is trying to average it out. And I think that, therefore, the move in the Dow and the move in Moderna makes sense. Uh, do I want to chase Moderna? No. Do I feel like that things are better? Well, it's hard to believe that anybody could do this this fast, except for Moderna, because they have a particular kind of technology. Now, I want to caution people. They, they've never really done anything. I mean, this is a very, very big deal. But there are people, scientists I've talked to this morning, who say, look, so far so good. And that is much different from the way I felt on Saturday when I learned that the Oxford test that everyone had been so excited about did nothing. So this is not on primates. This is on humans. Uh, I think if you're really negative on the market, you, you, you have to kind of rethink. I know there'll be people immediately say, now we got to buy value. The autos are, are, are pumping. Look, I don't think that yep. the American consumer is doing that great. But this is good news. So you don't think it's, you don't think it's a sell these stay-at-home stocks kind of day? Oh, I think everyone wants to do that. But I think that that what will happen is, is that this is something that they'll be ramping up uh, uh, another trial in July. Uh, we might be seeing something in the first to second quarter. I know that everyone look. people are going to want to sell General Mills. Watch Kraft Heinz. That was upgraded today. That will be the tell. Uh, I have always felt you should have a barbell philosophy. You, you should have some Disney's and you should have some General Mills. Uh, will the people say that it's crowded? They always say everything's crowded. That's working. But then tomorrow you have to ask yourself, will Moderna be on the tape again with some good news? And the answer is no. And we're going to be talking about uh, the difficulty of making a vaccine. I, I, in particular, am focused on some of the retailers that report this week. And I think uh, I don't want to be too simplistic, but this is a Walmart Home Depot week. This is not a Kohl's Urban Outfitters L Brands week, because as far as I'm concerned, the mall didn't just resurrect itself because of Moderna. Uh, and the numbers are going to be bad. I'd rather be in Target than I would be in, let's say, Bed Bath. How about that? Right. Although, Jim, some of those stay-at-home stocks may not perform as well as, as some of the other names you just mentioned today because of this news, I guess, so to speak. You've made the point, by the way, Moderna is a fairly promotional company, not to take away from it, but Joe uh, on Squawk Box also making the point it's eight patients so far. Uh, right. When you're talking about a, 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 um, I mean, a, a, a vaccine, you know, you do it at some point have to have to establish safety at large scale. 
50,000 people in a trial, things of that nature. We are, of course, moving at speeds we've never seen before and doing things that have never been done before. And we're all hoping against hope that uh, that this does work in a larger context. But it does need to be taken in context. Right. And we don't know how long. I mean, maybe the antibodies last for three weeks, three months, maybe. Uh, these eight people were uh, kind of like uh, selected by some of the drugs that, you know, like some of the drugs that we heard about that really got everybody out of the hospital really quickly. And they turned out that they didn't uh, look. It, it's Moderna is happy to come on very quickly. I think that's great. We always want to hear from anybody who's doing something good. Uh, but I just think eight for eight is not uh, eight billion for eight billion. And so, therefore, the stay at home stocks, they sell off this week. Maybe they sell for two, three days. Uh, then the American people forget. I'll tell you, look, what's more important than Moderna right now is will the states that had bars that were packed this weekend uh, have breakouts? And if they don't, a lot yeah. of these places are, you know, you're letting the youngest people out. If there are no breakouts, then I think and then you could get something Moderna or something J&J. Then we're, we have so much money sloshed around the system. It, it could be incredible. You would do uh, well, these people are not. There's no social distancing in the crowds that I, I saw. Uh, now, I live in New Jersey, which is the worst state in the union. But you have to admit that, boy, some people are acting as if it's over. Uh, so, yeah, this week yeah. is going to be uh, very big. GM, Ford uh, and Fiat, of course, resuming production in Detroit. Apple's going to open up 25 U.S. stores this week. Disney's going to open their Walt Disney World shopping area uh, on Wednesday, Jim. So you think we're still in a mode of uh, watching the reopenings and then bracing for an uptick in cases, which is also sort of hard to divorce from the testing that's getting better. Right. Look, I, I, I do. I am concerned. I, I, look, we live in an area where uh, there was a very big contingent at Belmart, which is I have a house right near there, uh, really having a great time on the beach. And your hope is, is that these are young people who somehow uh, do not have parents uh, and could be asymptomatic and not maybe not get it. I don't know. I mean, where are all those people three weeks ago? I just feel the reopening is being trumped by the people who just say, you know what? Reopening means all clear. Now, in New York, obviously, like I can't open my restaurant. I get arrested. But there's a lot of places that are flaunting. Uh, and if a lot of places that are saying, listen, it was mostly nursing home people. And there are a lot of people who say it was a hoax. Uh, these people were out in full force this weekend. And I look, it would be fabulous if there are no, no outbreaks. It'd be fabulous if the eight people was an arbinger for uh, for eight thousand when we do the July testing. And then we'll be saying there were trillions pumped into this economy. And now we're having no social distancing and everything's great. And the market breaks out to new highs. Right. And meanwhile, well, of course, Chair Powell on 60 Minutes, uh, you know, by the way, I think taping something very not far after his comments that we carried live talking, uh, Jim and Carl, of course, about the fact that the Fed is I mean, no limits, I guess, is one of the keys. And, and even before we got the Moderna news this morning, the market did seem poised for some gains as a result of what seemed to be. And this is where I'd love to get both of your takes, maybe some new language from him or at least said in a new way or to a different audience, perhaps from questioners who obviously are not as deep in the weeds as we are in terms of Fed parlance and policy. Well, I did think that what happened, he speaks to regular people. You want to call them the people at home, kind of like what 
when Ben Bernanke went on uh, in uh, March of 2009 and said, well, this is over. Uh, we're not going to let any more banks fail. When, when I listened to Powell, I said, OK, it looks like it's uh, by any means necessary. Um, they don't want any more layoffs. Uh, so you combine no more layoffs, uh, Moderna, Fed chief, who was much more, I think, go-go uh, in terms of letting, you know, making sure people aren't going to be laid off anymore on 60 minutes, and a uh, number of upgrades, uh, a very big week for stocks that could do well. Uh, Europe was very strong. Uh, there, are, uh, there are a number of, of Larry Cutler would say, green shoots. Uh, what can I say? I mean, if Moderna's for real... I don't want to say it. It's just too early to say it's for real. I don't want to be. It is too early. Yeah, it's hard. I don't want to do it. It's hard to. It's hard to know where the starting gun is, Jim, on, on promise like this. Like for example, uh, your point about upgrades. Uh, BMO uh, takes Nvidia to outperform, doubles the target to 425. Uh, that's a longer term story on AI and data analytics. But then you got William Sonoma with an upgrade uh, this morning on the idea that people are going to take all their travel and entertainment spending and uh, use it in the kitchen. I love that. Uh, now, that's, I guess, one of the names that you're supposed to sell off of good news from Moderna. But that's very typical of what's happening, which is that you're not people are still afraid to go somewhere. So but they still have they, ha, they have excess money. They're not going out to dinner. They're not doing anything. So why not just take some of the money? You can go to Home Depot, which has got big lines, or you can call Williams. You can uh, go right on Williams Sonoma's website. The the Jensen Wong uh, the Nvidia upgrade, the stock reports on the twenty first. I mean, I, look, I think it's going to be a blowout number. It, it, and I, my charitable trust is on. It belongs to the crowd that loves uh, Nvidia. My dog is named Nvidia. But at the same time, I, again, up 20. It's like Moderna. Is Moderna going to be up 30 today? Yeah, probably. And if you buy it here, maybe you flip it if you're a trader. Uh, if you're short Moderna because you think they're promotional, uh, I don't know what, what you do. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I used to say there are certain <laughs> things you would do. And there were certain societies who said you've got to stop promoting that. I didn't really promote it. But that stock well, is a— saw, a, I mean— what? Jim, what? you yes. saw the move in Sorrento. We're going to have the CEO, by the way, in 10 o'clock. Sorrento. So, did you see that move on Friday on, uh, you know, antibodies? Now, they can potentially work. It's not a novel idea. But obviously, you, I know. Until, yeah. I until mean, that Sorrento. Was quite a move. And we're looking forward to talking to the CEO. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. I mean, because until this Sorrento, mm-hmm. it was really just a fabulous town. I don't know if you've been there. but You can go back to Italy now. But, but I do think that when I look I see, forward to going. I do look forward to going to Italy as soon too. as possible. Amalfi Coast, David. I do. And then maybe I'll let mm-hmm. you have my house. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, maybe that'll be the first place you and I spend, to, you know, some time together again, Jim. Who knows? Will we bring our wives or just you and me just kind of, you know, hiking? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, either one. When, either when one. is Sorrento <laughs> on? When is Dr. G on? <laughs> When do you have them? Uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. Holy I'm not sure cow. what time. Exactly See, that stock time. is so parabolic. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of, look, we have things that there was another time. David, you would have been eviscerating some of these. Yes. 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 I think that's a fair statement. Carl, I don't I know. Do. I mean, hope um, is springing. Can we wait? I mean, let's, maybe. Maybe there, there are no out, outbreaks. I mean, there are a lot of us in the north. I don't know. Maybe. Well, are, you know, you want to talk? Yeah, 
macro too, guys. I mean, look at oil, Carl. What are we? We're, you know, front month. I mean, we're we're yeah. above thirty now, right? We're in the thirties, up almost ten well, percent on, uh, mem- on crude. Remember, remember the last contract expiration uh, that did oh. not go well, Jim. No. But June expires tomorrow, uh, and you got production cuts that. Uh, Seem to have happened faster than some people thought. Obviously, a huge return to driving. All the mobility data sort of bears that out. So 32, right? Remember yeah, well, we talked about the three-handle last week? Well, they did turn the spigot off. Now, a big, medium-sized oil can actually act on it. I asked Mike Worth, who's the CEO of Chevron, which is by far the best oil company, I believe, and it's done really well. Like, why didn't he go down there and bid, like, you know, $2 for it? And he said, uh, it moved too fast. It's not what we do. But this time, there'll be some companies that have storage pace who will if it gets down like that they'll snap it up i mean i think that they'll just go rent a tanker they'll rent any tanker they'll rent i don't know a princess tanker it's not really a tanker. how about um how about the saudis disclosing stakes in boeing facebook city disney marriott berkshire of course, this is all going back to March 31st. Yeah, they, but they like they're a little bottom fishing. I, I also thought Live Nation. I think that's a real that's a real vaccine shot, right? Isn't that a you <laughs> yes, gotta have is. that work uh, because it's uh, yes. entertainment. They did. They bought a lot of down and outers. They didn't. I was surprised they didn't take uh, uh, Warren Buffett out of Goldman because he hammered Goldman like you wouldn't believe. That stock has just been a one-way yeah. street. Now at least we have a sense. Like if you handle that order, I don't think you're like saying, "Wow, I got to get other people in Goldman." Well, I know what I know what I know what Buffett's selling, but what has he been? What is he buying? Hmm. Moderna? Anything? Moderna? <laughs> I don't think unlikely. So. <laughs> no, unlikely. <laughs> don't, As Sorrento, don't joke about that stuff, Jim. Equally as unlikely. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we got a nice uh, start out of the gate uh, going for us here with the opening bell in just about 15 minutes. If these gains hold, uh, S&P and Dow could wipe out their losses for the month of May. We're back in a minute. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. In the long run, and even in the medium run, you wouldn't want to bet against the American economy. This economy will recover. It may take a while. It may take a a period of time. It could stretch through the end of next year. We really don't know. Can there be a recovery without a reasonably effective vaccine? Assuming there's not a second wave of, uh, of, uh, of the coronavirus, I think you'll see the economy recover steadily through the second half of this year. That's the Fed chair on 60 Minutes last night. As Jim said before the break, uh, some communications there to talk to a much broader audience than he would say on our air or in front of Congress tomorrow, Jim. So where's the balance between remaining upbeat and trying to 
instill in Congress, at least, some sense of urgency about spending? Well, I mean, I think you could say that uh, he the big the big way that people are putting this is that we have to wait and see. And I think he can do that. Uh, he can be as optimistic as he was, but still wait and see. Look, you know, there's something disturbing. There are big lines to get into bars in Wisconsin. And there's big bread lines where I live in Brooklyn. It's like we're two countries. The the food lines were incredibly long. I mean, and these are people who had jobs. So there is we're I feel like we're in two countries. And uh, look, I want to be part of whatever. I want to be part of one very healthy country. Let me be very clear about that. Uh, but it does feel like that there is uh, joy some in some places. And there's incredible poverty where there didn't exist three months ago. So I don't know. I mean, I think that the poverty gives Powell the chance to be able to say we have to be very vigilant about making sure that, that no more no more poverty, no more job loss. But he also has to be a little bit circumspect uh, again, because if there is a spike, it, we're going to be right back in the soup. I mean, he's talking about a spike in the fall. Remember what Dr. Fauci's talking about, Dr. Fauci, whom is now very, very controversial. He was insisting that there'll be a big spike in the fall. Remember his testimony? What was that? Not that long ago, where it just basically said, just stay in your home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even his comments about the fall in schools, I think, got a lot of attention most recently, Jim, and got the attention of the president. It's funny, when this crisis began, certainly I think uh, many of us would not have expected it would have gone down Political lines, almost right. uh, partisan lines in terms of the view of it. Um, but that appears to have happened to your point of being one nation as opposed to two. I don't know that it's bringing us any closer, unfortunately. No, the opposite. I mean, I think that I think there are a lot of people who, who either feel that the Democratic governors and politicians handled this wrong uh, or actually just feel that uh, that there is a tremendous amount of quarantine, self-quarantine, of the people who are afraid of, of getting sick. And then there are a lot of other people who feel very healthy and don't mind going out at all. And that's kind of what people are saying is, is that the South is, uh, and some of the Midwest is about people being judicious about not going out if they, could, if they have pre-existing. But the people without pre-existing, it's their time to shine. And I don't know. Right. I don't, I, I don't no, want to judge. Listen, Sweden... Sweden. Sweden made it, had a plan going in, and that is kind of what you're describing right there, yes. right? I mean, that is a Swedish plan. Exactly. At risk, you were very much encouraged not to participate, but they did not close down the economy. But they had the plan going in. They uh, articulated the plan, and they followed the plan. Whether right. or not it's going to end up being the right plan to have followed, at least they had one. Right, but uh, and I do think that there'll be people who this is increasing. Well, look, the president tweets basically that, I mean, it's kind of like he tweets as if he weren't the president. Like, we ought to open up the country. Well, mm, he's president. Mm, open it up. He's putting tremendous pressure on a lot of governors to, to I think, to really say, listen, it's over. Uh, or that let's, you know, let, let's let people out. Uh, reopen our our country and reopen our country is is the opposite of what a lot of governors feel, including the governors in states that are expected to vote against it. Right. But, it Carl, we problem. are reopening a lot of the country already. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of states, to Jim's point, that are open and a lot more that are going to follow, Carl, in the not too distant future, at least as long as things remain on a path and we don't see a spike. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why we got to keep uh, on top of, uh, again, the caseload and the new death count in big states like Texas who have been dealing with this now for a couple of weeks. 
A quick break, guys. We'll come back and take a look at, at the opening bell on a day where futures are getting the week off to a very good start. We could try to explain what it's like to get your work done on a John Deere mower, compact tractor, or Gator XUV. But to really understand the feeling, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Futures were already positive on a busy week ahead with retail earnings and Powell on the hill tomorrow, but they got a turbocharge when Moderna gave us really our first data out of a human vaccine trial, and it was largely positive. Moderna shares up more than 26 percent. Welcome back uh, to Squawk Street. Let's get to a mad dash. Blue pill or red pill for you? Take Jim. the red pill, David. Take the red pill. There is Elon Musk is back. He's hilarious as ever. A little cryptic. Uh, I suggest people follow. Uh, when you take Dayquil and Nightquil, he's got a pretty good meme. At the same time, uh, a man who plays uh, Hamlet when it comes to Tesla, uh, Adam Jonas, Morgan Stanley, to be bullish or not to be bullish. Today, he says, playing to win, but at what cost? He says, be, I love this, because he has a life. I mean, he goes out, and well, I don't know, maybe he doesn't go out, maybe he zooms people. But he says, lately we've been getting asked, Adam, love it when people talk about this, like Jimmy Chill. Adam, why stay with the equal weight? Why can't you be more positive on the stock? Can you imagine being an analyst on Tesla and getting pushed? You, you know, hey, Adam, how you doing? Why aren't you more positive? But he talks about capital intensity, uh, China risk, short-term demand risk, competition from Amazon? Yeah, why not? Uh, Fremont potential union risk, better ways to invest in tech, better ways to invest in EV batteries. I will say, Adam, why stay with equal weight? Uh, why can't you be more positive on the stock? He is yeah. unclear because those are some of the more bogus reasons to stay neutral that I've ever heard. Jim, look at what I mean. This has been a double since uh, since yeah, the lows in, uh, in the third week of March. right? Yeah, I mean, this is just a been, double. You had to be in this. This was the one that the growth tech guys, you know, you had to be in this. You had to be in Beyond Meat. And you had to be in my dog NVIDIA uh, and then the rest left behind. And I'm sure there'll be people who sell these because today they want to buy Ford Motor. And then tomorrow Moderna will say nothing. And we'll be saying, hold it, only eight for eight. What is that about? Let's go back and buy Tesla. Or they may buy Tesla anyway, just because, uh, I don't know, they're taking the red pill. But it is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary stock. And no one really bought it this time. It just kind of happened. I don't know. It kind of mm. happened. The opposite of, say, uh, SoftBank's Vision Fund, David. SoftBank's Vision Fund has been having a more difficult time of it than has Tesla. Yes, yeah. that is a fair point. Uh, significant losses there, of course. Um, although they are saying, you know, they are saying that um, there are, that investors uh, that the valuing the Vision Fund at zero is far too pessimistic, Jim. They yeah, did say that. 
Yeah, Masa, yes. yeah that's you know, only oil goes to negative, right? But this, uh, this. Meanwhile, I wanted to ask you, what's the, what does it mean for T-Mobile uh, that Deutsche Bank gets more stock? Can they hurt the? I mean, Deutsche Tell. I'm sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Listen. Uh, uh, T-Mobile is by far the most important part now of of Deutsche Telekom. It's the best investment they ever made. The merger with Sprint has been completed. There are reports in the Wall Street Journal that SoftBank is looking to sell additional shares of the combination. Remember, they rolled Sprint into it and obviously own a good amount of it, you could imagine that they would want to potentially monetize some of their stake to just shore things up and help fund a potential buyback at SoftBank that uh, their large shareholder, Elliott, has been pushing them on. Uh, We'll have to wait and see, though, on it, Uh, Jim. I've been checking around it. I've heard uh, a lot of the stories correct, but there are a couple of things that may not be. So let's let's just wait a little on that one as well. Yeah, look, I... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, by the way, T-Mobile has been a complete horse. That's another stock. I've developed an index of the stocks that really work. I mean, people are going to say it's going to sell down because of Moderna. Give me a break. Why are people going to suddenly start working at the office? I don't think it's going to happen. It, with the eight for eight success, I think it's, you could argue it's good for everybody. It's good for the market. Why not leave it at that? There's the opening bell, guys. Uh, as you can see, a pretty good breadth here as uh, we get a look at the podium. And the NYSE, of course, will reopen the floor to some uh, small group of, uh, of, of traders a week from tomorrow. Uh, Jim, what's our thinking on, I mean, we haven't set a policy, I think, yet in terms of our own um, exposure down there. But to what degree do you want to get it back on that set? Uh, I'm, I'm not in a hurry. Uh, when you listen to what they're trying to do to Stacey Cunningham, you know, what, what she's saying, look, we're not going to have, there's not going to be like a gigantic when an IPO occurs, uh, brokers hanging out with each other. There's going to be, say, I guess maybe three or four around a post. Uh, but I think that uh, until I agree with the question that uh, the Pelley asked, which is that until you get the vaccine, do you really want to go do anything? Why put yourself at risk? Uh, I think that Look, I've got I've got the best mask. I've got a few left, the N95s. I feel good when I have it on. I feel bad when I take it off. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. You know, you were mentioning um, going back to work. Yeah. Sorry, Carl. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, we got lots of pictures from uh, the uh, production floor at Aston Martin in Wales this morning. People on the line in masks, putting cars together. We'll get some of those out of the automakers. The president's going to Detroit on Thursday. Cities bringing 600 people back to their Hong Kong office. So, I mean, these are all issues that uh, people will wrestle with, uh, David, and some may have more liberty to have discretion than others. Yeah, I think that without a doubt, and, and listen, businesses are thinking very long and hard about how they want to go about bringing their workers back. To your point, whether it's to the factory floor and how exactly that's going to work uh, or to the office buildings. Um, you know, Jim was mentioning it earlier. I mean, listen, for us, I don't know when when I'm ready to get on the subway every day again, I think is the when when we're going to be feeling comfortable going going back downtown. I'm not sure when that will be, but. Jim, specific to the commercial real estate business and those who rent office space, you know, there's been two competing arguments. Right. One is, well, you're going to have uh, to have socially distanced uh, spacing in offices, so you're going to need more space. But it is being overwhelmed, I think, by the number of executives I've spoken to who are basically talking about a new world of work in which some segment of their workforce works from home. 
They look to shrink their footprint overall. And then it goes to overall economic demand. I mean, I don't know what the vacancy rate in New York City is going to look like uh, come the fall, but it is not going to be good. And the prospects for it actually getting any better over time are not particularly strong either. One reason why you've seen shares of Vornado, for example, down sharply, although up sharply today. Right. Again, maybe on this vaccine news. Oh, also, maybe some hope for retail. Uh, oh, by the way, J.C. Penney, we've got that, that they're trying to get right back mm. in a smaller footprint. I think that the competing views are really interesting, David, because what I think is missing out of all these views, if they would somehow lower the rent, then it would matter. No one ever thinks yeah. anyone ever lowers the rent in this country. And who is driving the lower rent? Starbucks. Uh, saying, listen, you right. know, if you want us, you know, I, I, look, I, I don't understand how the, these real estate investment trusts constantly talk about how they don't have to cut rates. I mean, they're, look at what their stocks have done. They should have cut rates, for heaven's sake. I mean, because empty doesn't pay the bills. And, and these, these no, guys have been really but, not not great actors, as far as I'm concerned, when they say that, right. you know, they, they're not going to they're still going to guarantee you. They're still going to put good dividends in the pocket of their holders. Could Give their customers, their actual, the guys who have rent retail, give them a break. But no one ever lowers uh, rates. No yeah, one. although the question becomes, Jim, the question becomes how much of a break. I mean, as you well know, a lot of them have debt, debt that's been securitized, that's backed up by the rents that are coming in. Right. Whether it be retail or whether it be uh, office space. And so, yeah, they have some room, but they may not have as much as you think in terms of the ability to lower those rents or where the marketplace is going to take them regardless. I mean, so we may end up with I don't know if it'll be bankruptcies, but restructurings of some kind in some of these things. And certainly we can imagine buildings that are uh, that are going to undergo that. No, you're right. You're Uh, right. I just I feel like a tanger. I mean, you know, tanger. This was a, a good company. And uh, Tanger's now at six. I mean, it's a real company. I mean, you know, you look at a company that was a real company for years and years and years, which was Pennsylvania Real Estate Investment Trust. It's at a dollar. Uh, but you're absolutely right, David. What these did, these guys levered up. And the guy who didn't, uh, Simon, he has a pretty good balance sheet. And I still wait to hear, David, what you're going to say about the, about the Talman acquisition. Because it's really, you know, to me, it's game one. But maybe, maybe you, do you know anything new on it? I really don't. Um, you know, you've got any number of people who uh, participate in what we call event investing now or the old risk arbitrage who have gone over that contract with a fine tooth comb, uh, who are looking at anything that might be used to Mr. Simon's advantage to try to either get a reduction in price or walk away. But they are not finding that at this point, Jim. Nope. It doesn't mean that Mr. Simon would not be aggressive in trying to figure it out or that he will at the very least just slow walk this deal, take as long as he possibly can in terms of closing. Um, he obviously has to wish he'd waited just a couple of weeks right, because right. it would have made all the difference after waiting so many years to buy this company because we know they had interest in it for a decade or more. But his stock is up nicely today. It's so interesting. Of course, what's up? Well, the cruise ships because of Moderna. Oh, Moderna has eight people. So let's book a cruise. Uh, Apache, well, we're not going under, right? Uh, SL Green, we're not. We're actually better than you think. And look at Delta. Wow, I guess we're going to be flying. I don't know. I think that when you fly to certain countries, there's a two-week quarantine. It really is not a great thing for when you have a week off. Yeah. Well, how are we going to get uh, to Italy? We got to fly. Here. Yeah. 
well, we can't, there's, we, we can't cruise there. Actually, you could cruise no. there. You, know, you could go around. You could, no, we're not going to do that. I'm trying to bring my daughter home from Spain in July. <laughs> and, you know, I said, listen, I think you might need goggles. And she goes, well, why don't you just buy me a hazmat suit? Any hazmat suits? Yeah, international travel, Jim. Um, even after you get off the plane, uh, going into customs, I mean, depending on the country you're going into, is going to be no picnic. Oh, no. Um, given some the, the quarantine policies of certain countries. I do want to ask you about levels here uh, because... Getting back to this FIB level, which we talked about last week around 2932, this is the third test. Uh, the high of the move, uh, DRW is saying, was 2955. That was right. in late April. But how badly do we need to bust through this line? I, I, we have to. I think it's really key. I think that you can't just keep having these. But remember, you do have this is a really big week for earnings. I mean, huge. And Walmart is a dominant stock, and psychologically, Home Depot of uh, dominant stock lows. Uh, a target really matters. Uh, by the way, all the people who felt that the certain stocks that haven't been doing well, that have been doing well, are, are going to start selling off. I go back to Nvidia. I mean, it does again reports this week, but there's no sign that Nvidia is done. In part because there's a big gaming cycle, and in part because they have those inference chips, the ones that really can actually understand slang. Ultimately, the inference chips will replace people when you have a party. Because there's always people who you don't want at your party. You can handpick all of your holograms and you can just program <laughs> them to say you're a great guy. You know what? I love you. You know, David, those how you would finally have friends. Right. You remember how you said on air, you don't really care for friends. This would be it for you. David, I just think you're great. You, David, you need a haircut. <laughs> David, you know, if I told I do. I do. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I do. That, I need a haircut. Not about you. I do have friends. I swear I do. And you, man, you have taken that one statement and played it so many different ways, Jim. And you'll, you'll never forget it. No, that's you? it. I'm never going to mention will. it again. Yeah. Just like you told me never mention Bob Backish <laughs> from Viacom. I'm not going to mention that again. How's that stuck to me? I'm glad we can laugh. How did you get uh, yeah. Viacom? How did you know uh, it was going to two for one split? How did you know that? I did, I did not know that. Uh, the stock is up nicely this morning after they reported that. Not terrible quarter recently, as you know. Um, and I mean, listen, the surprise name, look at Disney this, this morning, guys, uh, up over shorted. 7%. So heavily shorted. Wow. They, people bet against them. Next thing you know, they're going to have a saliva test to get in wherever you want. I mean, I, I, why do people bet against when Iger came back? Wasn't that a strong signal that you shouldn't bet against Disney? I thought it was. Came back. I mean, he never really left. No, Your never point really is left. what? That right. he was reported to have taken more responsibility again? I mean, as you might imagine, given he's there, he's very actively involved, as as Mr. Chapik is the company's CEO. Right. Talk about timing, though. No. Ooh, True. What a time to take over as CEO for an icon, and then you run into this. But wow. it, the stock's hot and stock bottomed. There were a lot of shorts yeah. ahead of the quarter because people feel, well, you know, if you were going to cut it, if you're going to get rid of a dividend, shouldn't the stock be down? It didn't do that. There's a lot of counterintuitive nature. If you're if you're a short seller, almost everything. Imagine if you bet. You know what? I'm going to bet that Disney eliminates its dividend. Well, this, well, yeah, but the stock went up huge. I mean, it, it, there's a there's a yeah. level of buoyancy, and then we hear about the Fed. No one's mentioned how the Fed's pumping in money, so I just mentioned it. I had an outfit on this weekend. Okay, this week, this weekend, I do my show at home. Uh, DraftKings. Uh, now there, th- this is one you you gotta love this. There are no sports, right? Can we all, can we all stipulate there's no sports? 
except for maybe Pinterest. No, no sports. Okay, so this stock is now up 186 percent. Jason Robbins was on talking about uh, Korean baseball. Okay, and and really, I mean, they'll they'll bet on anything. I'm waiting for them to bet on raindrops. Look at this stock. This is what people are afraid of. They're saying, oh, will you give me a break? A stock that is about gambling with nothing to bet on. But then again, you know, there's some NASCAR this weekend and, you know, there's there's uh, golf. They bet on golf. You know, they bet on golf. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I mean, Jim, I watched the interview that you did. uh, And of course, it's worth mentioning this was a special purpose acquisition corporation again. By the way, man, we're seeing a lot of those. Everybody wants to do a SPAC. That's supposed um, to be You're the a hedge top. fund. You're going to do a SPAC. You're, I mean, it is, it is all the rage right now uh, to do these, these, these special purpose acquisition corporations. That is one of the more successful ones that we've seen, DraftKings. It is. I mean, I thought the special purpose after a certain time would not be unlike the jerk with Steve Martin. But it's not special purpose like that. I guess we should move on. All yeah. right. Fidelity did say last night, uh, guys, uh, nearly $5 trillion in money market funds. That's 16% of market cap. So there's a lot of dry powder out there, and it's uh, increasingly evident this morning every Dow stock's in the green. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Bob? Okay. And the important thing, guys, we got a triple whammy going here. We got a positive, generally positive comments from the Fed chairman, uh, that Moderna vaccine news. And we've got a nice oil rally, too. In fact, we've got a nice commodity rally. Metals are rallying, although gold noticeably down ever since that Moderna announcement. Let me just show you the S&P, because what's it worth to get a vaccine or hopes for a vaccine? About 35 points on the S&P. Look at that, 730. Moderna came out, and we just went straight up from there, sitting near the highs for the day. And important where we're at right now. Let me show you the S&P the last three months, because 2939 was the old recent high, the April 29th high, we've been struggling to get over that, haven't been able to. And you see, we're essentially sitting right there. We can get over that. We'll go back to the highs that we had in March. We were descending in the early part of March, but nice to get over 29.39 on a close if we can. This is all about reopening hopes uh, again and hopes for a vaccine, the travel and entertainment stocks. You want to watch them on days when there's optimism. They're all up. And you can see that. And look at these airlines all up nicely, too. Remember, those airlines an awful lot of cash burn going on with them. So any kind of hopes that things might be getting back to normal in even a modest way is going to help here. Sectors, banks have been enormous langers. Boy, is there some catching up for the banks to do, but they're all rallying. That's nice to see today. Energy, also really good. Uh, tech is lagging, and this is very interesting. If you look at the mega caps, remember, much a lot behind this recent rally has been the mega cap names. Look at this. We're not really doing much with the mega caps today. That's interesting. That means they some of these may be used using as sources of funds to buy other things today. I think that's important. Let me just show you, by the way, the mega caps in the second quarter. You think they're not how important they are. I just want to show you. We're, we're talking about 26% increases in Facebook. We're only halfway through the second quarter. And look at these numbers for these mega caps. So if these start flattening out and the market keeps moving up, boy, that would be really healthy rotation today. So again, we're halfway through the second quarter. What are we up? 10%, 11% for the S&P 500. Put up the major indices in the second quarter here. But again, as I keep arguing, this is largely a uh, mega cap tech rally. Don't kid yourself. Look at growth there, up 15%. Value, which is mostly banks and a few energy stocks. Look at that. Way, way lag. That's a big dispersion between growth and value here. So just look where we are. And again, today is the halfway point for the second half. So everyone says this is the worst quarter. We'll see what's going on. But if you look at the sectors here, energy is rallying. Tech's been the big rally there. Uh, and you see banks down, transports down, REITs down. This is 
before the opening today, but you get the point. This is an unusually wide dispersion uh, in sectors after just six weeks of performance. So a lot of catching up to do right here. Uh, What's interesting is the trader sentiment. It's mostly bearish. People aren't terribly enthusiastic because they're concerned about the rollout and the reopening. So retail bearish sentiment's pretty high. That AAII number is 53% bearish. Yikes, that's pretty high. Equity ETF and mutual funds, eh, it's been choppy, but there's been mostly outflows in the last couple of weeks and a lot of talk about high levels of cash on the sidelines. Is this bad news? Actually, as you know, folks, these are contrarian indicators. This is good news. So what we call the pain trade is higher. The trade that would cause the most distress to the most traders right now is higher, and that's certainly being exhibited today. Guys, I got my first haircut in three months. I had my barber come over to <laughs> my backyard. My hmm. backyard, Carl. Mm-hmm. Out in the fresh air with him wearing a mask, and me sitting there, and I got it done. Three months. Hey, man. Finally worked. Back Al Fresco. <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> you, look good. you look good, Bob. Thanks. Uh, Bob's point about the reflation trade has everybody watching back-end rates as well. Let's get to Rick Santelli on this Monday. Hey, Rick. Hello, Carl. Well, whether it's reinflation or just reinflating the equity markets, we certainly do see rates starting to perk up just a bit. And it's mostly long maturities. If you look at a two-day of twos, certainly at 16 basis points, we're up a bit. We're a basis point higher than Friday's highs, and we're higher than Friday's closes because it did close towards the higher end of the range. So 10-year notes are up four basis points from 64 to 48 Let's look at a chart starting around April 1st. And the reason this is important, you know, stocks are flirting with some midpoints here that are very significant. If you look at where stocks were before the big coronavirus break in March and where the lows were, you know, there's 24,000 plus in the Dow, for example, hovering near a midpoint. Well, the same could be true for the highs in the fixed income space as stocks do make these bounces. So for April, it was 77 basis points was a high yield close in tens. So at 68, you can see that's the immediate area that traders are going to be looking at for resistance. And if you go back to March, where we had the full effects of the coronavirus on the economy and rates, you'll see that after the initial drop of 54 basis point close on the far left there, the highest yield close we had was right around 120, right around mid-March. That is your second bogey for watching as these markets may normalize on the longer maturities. But with the near-term deflationary pressures, the reflation trade and the stock reflation trade are maybe a little further down the road for the fixed income space. And finally, if we look at how the year-to-date pans out, let's not forget that treasuries in the 10-year closed at 192 at the end of last year. And the high yield, low price for the year was established the first day of the year. So there's a lot of bogeys, a lot of moguls we have to get over. But the near term, be looking right around three quarters of of 1%, right around 75 to 77 base points is the large-term resistance. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. Rick, thanks for setting us up on that, uh, Jim, because Morgan Stanley today says this is one of the key questions, not just for whether banks take leadership again, but for markets at large, uh, these back-end rates, they've got a ratio of cyclical to defensive uh, equities, which normally tracks the 10-year, but is now spiking higher. So their question is, will the 10-year yield uh, follow that? (laughs) Look, the, the Achilles heel of this market that nobody talks about is not the cruise ships, it's not some retail, it's Wells Fargo. It's the uh, banks. And they're screaming today. And I think that really matters because when you talk about the banks, 
they have their stocks have to act better because what their stocks are saying is default, default, default. Uh, but if they can make some money off of the rates, that would be terrific. And if uh, we get some, uh, some a good spring housing market, that would be great. But I, and David, you know, you're worried about this, too. We've watched Wells Fargo get cut in half. And that's one of the you know, that's a gigantic bank. Yeah, we watched it last week, Jim, as it uh, as its market cap approached uh, briefly, maybe even fallen below ninety billion dollars. Wow. Its dividend yield was at nine percent, but it has had a significant rally off those lows. I guess we're talking over ten percent, given we're talking a market cap now above a hundred billion dollars again. Hard to imagine, though, for a bank that once sported a market value of uh, over a you know quarter trillion dollars. Did Wells, one of the leaders, but also very levered to the consumer. You've made the point, right. oil and gas, not an unimportant part of their portfolio right. to some extent. Uh, and just overall concerns about the viability of those uh, of those groups and sectors and how much and how big the write offs are going to need to be. Well, you did have this Saudi uh, fund come in and buy, buy City, which has been a, a terrible stock. Uh, what, what, ter- what ruined these stocks, just in terms of it, you may not think it ruined the, the company, but when they weren't allowed to buy back stock, that was really it. They turned out to be houses of cards. And I cannot believe how badly they've acted. Were they really the bottom bid at all times? I don't know. Seems like they were. Yeah. Uh, Goldman is the lead the, of, of the group performing the worst, in part because of, I guess, Buffett's decision to oh. sell a position that he did take over 10, 11, 12 years ago. Right. It was during the sure. during the crisis when he got that incredible deal that only Buffett can get. Well, he uh, look, I guess it doesn't matter what price he got out given that because it's pretty bad price for some of it. Mm-hmm. Guys, we'll watch this open. Uh, Cashin's point a few moments ago was to expect some resist around, resistance around 2950, uh, 29.75. We're a shade below that. We're back in a moment. Take a look at some of the Dow gainers quarter today. At Home Depot, 32%, uh, followed by Chevron, Dow, Disney, Apple. Uh, Home Depot, of course, one of the big retailers that will port, report tomorrow along with uh, Walmart and others this week. We're back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Uh, I love Alaska. Uh, It's just so much fun to go to. And there's a $699 cruise that you can book for next year, May 21, uh, for Norwegian Cruise. If you believe in Moderna and you like cruises, this is a $2,900 value that, that Frank Del Rio's got going. And it's on, the, it's on the Norwegian Bliss, which is a beautiful ship. And what I'm saying is, is that if you, think, if you think that cruises are done, think again at the deals. And by the way, you can cancel. So, I mean, this is, to me, a great bet on a vaccine. And I think that when you see that you can cancel and the trips are amazing and the boat is beautiful, I've been on it. I just say to myself, what is that stock doing down this low? And with with the fewest covid numbers of attack, when you look at the CDC page and also the Miami Herald. So I don't know, maybe Hope Springs Eternal is the one you want to buy. Yeah, I uh, hope is that that's exactly the right word, Jim, because right? uh, we really don't know yet. Um, so given that, what are you going to cover tonight? Well, I'm going to cover Avaya, which is one of these uh, a company that does uh, the Zoomy, right? I mean, you can they do it with Ring Central, uh, which is fantastic. And it's a really m- a much higher resolution. Uh, and then I've got uh, John Miller. Look, are we going to be able to open up the country? If you can open up the country, let's get the Grand Slam at Denny's. And then old friend Scott Sperling. We're talking about how much these hospitals have spent and also the ways to treat COVID people, which are not being treated well, right, 
correctly in other places. What a show. David, uh, I'm never going to mention again that you said that you didn't have any friends and didn't like friends. That's done. <laughs> that's, okay, that's First done. of all, that is not the Finished. quote. That's Finished. <laughs> all right. I'll see you, I'll see you on the like Amalfi a- Coast. Take care Sorrento. of yourself till then. We'll go to Sorrento. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be yeah. double by then. Yeah. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart.